The first reading is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, and may be found on page 196 of the Church Bibles. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel reading. This is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and may be found on page 6 of the Church Bibles. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep, reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he so not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who seek all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May my words be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Amen. Please do sit down. Someone I met last week uh, asked me, uh, what are you preaching on this coming Sunday, Godfrey? I said the topic was anxiety. He asked me how I felt about it, and I said, it's a challenging topic, I am a bit worried. But to reassure you, I wasn't really worried. Um, and we shall see that such an everyday concern type of worry is not the kind of worry that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, where we continue to travel over this summer period. We're spending some time together this morning in a part which is often quoted, but I hope we will achieve an aim today, which is to get a better grip on what the Lord is wanting us to learn from these words. It's not a burdensome word. 
It's a joyous and liberating word. Keep that in the back of your mind. A joyous and liberating word. It's set as an explanation of some consequences of what the Lord has been saying. We touched on some of those last week. He's asked three things. One, he says, how do you prioritize the expenditure of your energy? What do you put first in your life? In what do you place value? Where is your treasure? Are you evidencing your inward kingdom righteousness in the way you answer those questions? Then he went on to our inner life. What is the quality of your inner life? If we could look through your eye, would we see the light of faith? And would it be burning bright? So bright that as you open your eyes, that you are a believer is clear to those around you. And having decided where your priority is, where your treasure is, and what your life should look like, you also have to decide whom you serve. We must choose, says Jesus, whom we serve. I was brought up with a little chorus. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me, as for me, I will serve the Lord. It's from this passage. Who do you put first in everything? What and who come first in your life? So that's the scene against which Jesus then says, and did you pick it up? Therefore, I tell you. These things being so, therefore, I tell you. To live in the way I'm calling you to do, which is so good for your good in this life and the next, treasure in heaven. Therefore, I tell you, do not do that, but do this. So we move from an explanation to a direct instruction from the Lord Jesus in relation to the living of our lives as believers. These are not philosophical musings by Jesus on God's love for creation. God loves the little birds in the garden. These are not options for our reflective consideration as mature modern people weighing things up. If we've understood and believe what Jesus has been saying, then our lives must change to reflect that. So this isn't an easy ride this morning. This isn't comfortable, but it's uncomfortable in a good way. It's a wonderful truth here for us to learn and live out. And we know we can do so in God's strength. So we don't need to be fearful of it. Jesus is seeking to help us as well as teach us. And there are some key words for us this morning. Light, service, treasure, and heaven. And the fifth one, light, service, treasure, and heaven, and first. God so loved 
the world. In the beginning was the word. Where and to whom do we turn first? The word used for the anxiety that the Lord Jesus is seeking to lift from us, this is a pastoral passage, brothers and sisters. It is Jesus saying, I want you to live the life that you have under my rule. The burden to be lifted, the word used, is the same word used in Scripture to describe Martha. Do you remember the visit to Bethany? Mary and Martha. Martha, in that wonderful old translation, distracted by much serving. It's the same word. The same word used to refer to the weeds that came round and choked the plant growing in the parable of the sower. The cares of this life. And the same word used by the Apostle Paul in the passage we've read today, where he urges the Philippians not to worry about anything, but to turn prayerfully to God in everything. So much of Scripture, so many of the things that the Lord Jesus says, are both and. Are you starting to get it? Of course, we'll worry about this and we'll worry about that. I remember worrying about exams a lot when I was young. But they came and they went and life carried on. We are human, we're fallen, we're frail. We'll have those sorts of worries. But Jesus is freeing us from the grip of anxiety that paralyzes, that damages us physically, that distracts us from a better view of what is happening around us and somehow makes us forget to pray. Jesus wants us to start with God, to put God first, to live out his righteousness and love which he's given us through Christ. Every time in relation to all parts of life and whenever we are tempted to turn our eyes on ourselves and our circumstances instead of bringing our lives and our circumstances to the throne of grace. It's what the Lord wants us to do. Grace flows from his throne. Bring the trouble. Bring the challenge. Bring the worry. It's not that you won't have them. It's what do you do first? Where do you go? In our garden, we see two uh, plump and comfortable wood pigeons most days who flutter in noisily and peck away morning and night. Um, They also peck away at our soft fruit bushes. Um, And it's not just dessert in the evening. They seem to have fruit for breakfast too. They haven't provided any of that. They've got to work at it. That's an example of what Jesus is saying here. It's not we're free from trouble. The wood pigeons have to hunt and peck, don't they? We have to provide food and clothing and shelter, all these essential things, playing our part for us and for the world. Who would have thought we would have places where you went to get food? Whoever thought we'd put the word food and bank together? But we do. 
we're only slowly waking up to what humankind has done to the world at large. We need to care for the world. We need to play our part in dealing with all those things. But as kingdom people, Sermon on the Mount, all about being kingdom people, what does it look like? What did it look like then? What does it look like now? What should we look like? And verse 33 gets us there. Strive first, in the NRSV, for the kingdom of God. Strive first for the kingdom of God. Trust God for all the necessaries of life, but seek his kingdom first as your priority. Well, what does this mean, Godfrey? Thank you. What does that mean? Well, the kingdom of God appears in Scripture in many places, and there's a pattern of meaning. But here, I'd like to suggest two things to you. If you're in the kingdom, which Jesus' earthly life, death, and resurrection declares has begun, it's started, we're on our way, you are under his rule. And the whole of your life, if you're under the rule of the King of Kings, is also under the blessing of the King of Kings. Seeking the kingdom, then, addressed to believers, to those who've received salvation, which God has provided, is a command to declare the good news to the world. What better evidence could there be of putting God first than declaring the good news he has brought. Why would we not want to make that the priority in our life? And I don't mean that we all go with Janet back to where she works, for example. But I do mean that every day we do what we can where we are. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for you? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me talk to you about what it means in my life. Oh, okay then. Is it important to you? Yes, it's the most important thing. It's the priority for me. I'd like to talk to you about it. Seek also his righteousness. Well, is that something different or the same? No, it's something extra something extra and it resonates with us happily in the way we are seeking to live today God is righteous so we can see that God wants his righteousness to be evidenced in his world how could it be otherwise so in every action that we take that leads to society and individuals experiencing God's righteousness whether they realise it is God's righteousness or not we are lifting our fellow human beings closer to God we're giving them an experience of God we're enabling them to see that there is a way in life that has hope so we're charged to work for others from our own experience of godly righteousness to seek to bring faith to those we meet and to bring God's love to those we meet. Seek first the kingdom and 
his righteousness and all the rest follow behind under the arching care of love and blessing of the rule of the Lord. And verse 34, don't double your trouble by paralyzing worry. I am sure we all have had times when we have worried about X and X never happens. And Y that we never thought about does happen. Don't paralyze your life with worry, says the Lord Jesus. And Paul encourages us in the Philippians passage to have an attitude of gratitude for what God has already given us. That is, itself is uplifting. Being grateful is not just about being polite to God. Thomas kneels before the Lord and says, My Lord and my God. Do you not think within those few words he's saying, Thank you, Jesus. An attitude of gratitude for what God has already given us. And if we have that, and if we do bring everything to God in prayer, everything, not because we're pathetic, but because he's God. Because God cares about everything in the lives of everyone here, every single person. Everything in your life he cares about. Nothing is off limits. So Paul says, bring it all. Start with that. Scoop it up. Come to the throne of grace with all those worries and anxieties and say, my Lord and my God, you don't need to say any more. And if you do that, a supernatural contentment comes. And I'm sure Thomas went off with that that day. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What more do you want to take away this week than that? The peace of God which passes all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.